again. The Ulster defence now is getting up a lot quicker than it was. There's a lot of space out here for Penny to run into. If he can get the bounce, he can and he gets the placement. Maybe Ulster are going to produce the electric finish through Cooney with the try. Here goes Farrell, his midfield partner. Burns already got one. We might see Dialande knowing. Has he got a run for the line? Oh, and he offloads to Conway. And months ago, virtually the full length of the pitch. Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the Up and Under podcast brought to you by Rugby Lad. Thanks for tuning in this week and if you haven't already subscribed to us please do so on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or whatever else you're using and please be sure to give us a rating. We've got another packed show for you this week. Up next I'm going to be sitting down with Jamie Heaslip and Stephen Ferris looking back on the provincial action over the weekend and looking forward to this weekend's semi-finals. And we've also got some media day chat with Munster's Graham Roundtree and Damien Dialende and Leinster's Caelan Doris and Stuart Lancaster. Enjoy the show, guys. Crouch! Touch! Pause! Ingay! James O'Connor standing right behind Craig Cooper. Ireland trying to get a shove again. This turns right, he has it gone. 90. Can he have been told to use it? But he's swallowed up by Ferris, who picks him up like a rag doll and throws him over the 22. And Ireland get the scrum. Absolutely brilliant stuff from the Ulster flagger. Jamie, welcome back. And Stephen, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So, two, two more crackers over the weekend, or we will we'll say crackers, another, a win for Leinster, despite, <laughs> they put out their, <laughs> despite the fact that they put out their second team. You must be disappointed with, like, particularly the first 50 minutes, also were a shambles. Um, yeah, I think a shambles is pretty harsh. Like, I think um, they just weren't accurate enough. They made a lot of turnovers, silly penalties in the first 10 or 15 uh, minutes, really killed them. Um, the big lad Carter, who was the captain, you know, first time captaining Ulster, I think he went out there and old Eddie O'Sullivan, he just went out with his hair on fire and just went nuts um, and gave away cheap penalties. And then Leinster capitalised. And then you're chasing your tail against Leinster. That's not the way you want to try and win a game. So, yeah, it was just bitterly dis- disappointing and bitterly frustrating because I think pre lock Lockdown, Ulster were probably the team to beat. And then, like, post-lockdown, it looks like all their confidence is gone. Um, some of their big game players, John Cooney, um, who's been exceptional all season, seems to have just went off the ball ever so slightly. I know he, he hurt his Achilles a little bit there uh, through lockdown, so maybe that's Adam. Um, and let's be honest about this, lads. If if we didn't have McCloskey and Kutsia making... 15 to 20 carries each per game. Like, Ulster could be in a, a fair bit of trouble. And Henderson's obviously out injured. You know, Balakun, who's been a threat all season for Ulster, he's out injured, tore his hamstring off the bone. So, yeah, for what looked like a brilliant season for Ulster, coming up to lockdown almost, like, I don't have much confidence to get into this game against Edinburgh. So, Jamie, what did you think of Ulster over the weekend? I know maybe... Steve didn't agree with the, the, the shambles part, but I suppose I didn't mean it in that way. I meant that, that it's disappointing when you look at how they played in the last 30 and how they can play. They didn't score for 54 minutes, which just like, that's, that's not an Ulster team that, that I've been watching for the last, let's just take this season if we're looking at whatever it is, calendar 12 months now. But that's not like, just to Fez's point, that's not the Ulster that I was seeing in Europe um, seen in, in, in week in, week out with the Pro 14. Um, he's bang on point. You know, if they don't have Stockdale McCluss here, Kosoze, they, they are, they're not getting anywhere, really, uh, right now. And, and that makes that really, really easy to, to, to shut down because, because they're in such different parts of, of the field. You can shut that down pretty easily off, off launch and off second phase. And then it's very hard for someone like Stockdale to come into the game. Um, and I think so. Just that real sloppy, inaccurate version of them. You can tell just reading by Dan McFarlane and 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 what he's saying. Um, you know, he he's disappointed. He's kind of he, you know some of the stuff of turnovers and contact. You know, you can't really train too much for them. I suppose in 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 training. 
and um, because you're kind of trying to get a lot of technical stuff a lot of strategy stuff and, and kind of do that at game speed but like so that's kind of a lot of that's on the players um, and that's why I think they'll be disappointed um, Jimmy, I think that the, the other thing from a fan's perspective up here is that everybody talked all week about Ulster playing Leinster B team and Ulster had more or less their strongest team out. So everybody up here almost had a lot of confidence going into the game because Leinster had fielded such a, like 15 changes like, uh, and yet they, they still put on a good performance. But the question I would ask you, like, Leinster weren't amazing. Like, no. It's not like they played Ulster off the park. They just done the basics well and, and made Ulster make mistakes and they capitalised on them, really. I, I think, like, I, I've talked with Jace, to Jason, I've talked to other people about this. The way Leinster play, they act, if, you, if they get ahead, right, I'll give you, like, they got 10-0 ahead pretty easily, right? Mm. They're not, they're very hard to actually pull back in once they get ahead. Um, and I was really surprised the lads kicked the corner as opposed to taking three easy points just to get back into the game from an Ulster yeah. perspective. Um, you know, when it hadn't really gone their way uh, and, and, and they'd been messy and just get some points on the board, get a bit of momentum that way. Uh, but look, that's, sometimes you, that decision comes for you, sometimes it doesn't. But yeah, you're right. Leicester are just super efficient. And, and you're, seeing, you're seeing the way they, they are changing the way they're playing to a lot of other teams you're seeing that they're starting to pick they're trying to have um two uh let's call them ball playing um backs on the field at the same time so it's either frawley or um you know a 12 and, and obviously they'll have 10 but then you'll have a full back they use jordan larmer in that regard a lot who steps up into the second as playmaker down the short side to split split the field but then they're just playing what they see and, and it's actually like you said Feds, it's actually particularly when they get into the 22, it's pretty simple play. They're just trying yeah. to make you make it like, make a, like a, a bad decision in terms of overfolding or getting narrow. And then they'll just punish you with, with, and you're seeing they're doing it in different ways. Now, actually they're, they're kicking a lot cross field and probably put another little grubber in behind. So when defenses are getting up, they're going, right, we'll just, we'll just put it in behind you just to see. So they're mixing up, but like you're, you're, you're bang on point that they are not, they're not showing a whole lot right now anyway. Yeah. Um, they're, they're not showing a whole lot. And I think that's probably the frustration. Teams, when they're doing their analysis, are probably going, like, what? like they're not, like, we've, all, we've been there, Fez, where you're kind of going, like, they're not that great. You know what I mean? Um, but they're just really, really efficient and they're not making any mistakes and we're making loads. And that, then that's just, like, self-cyclical. So you've you got to get out of that mindset, I think, and, and, and start worrying about yourselves a little bit more. You've got to think, Stephen, that going into the Edinburgh game, that you know, as you said, what else are capable of. So, like, if it's it's obviously even more difficult for them to come back from lockdown. If McFarlane can get a selection right this weekend, I know there's still a lot of guys injured, mm. and if they can come out and play where you know they can play, they can very easily go out and beat Edinburgh. Yeah, well, they beat Edinburgh away from home last season, so that should be take a bit of confidence out of that but like one away game out of seven so far this season and that was against the Southern Kings and let's face it if me and Jamie and yourself uh, get into a team uh, with 12 other lads I'm sure 12 other random lads I'm sure we'd actually give the Southern Kings a game like so I don't think I don't think um, you can look at that away fixture or that, that away win and go oh yeah you know we're, we're more than capable here so yeah it, when you look at all the stats and you look what's happened so far in lockdown, it doesn't fill me with confidence with, with Ulster going over to Edinburgh. Edinburgh, yes, they lost at the weekend there, but it was a bit of a dead rubber for them. Um, there was nothing really on the line. And I really think Richard Cockrell will have his team massively up for this, for this one. Um, and, yeah, I think just with the injuries, Stockdale isn't going to train much this week. He went off a, looks like a pretty bad dead leg so he's gonna maybe get a captain's run in again probably play the full back well Jordy Murphy HIA maybe have to sit a day's training night anyway even if he passes all the all the protocols um yeah and a few other injuries that I mentioned um so yeah it, it's going to be difficult but at the same time it's a knockout game like anything can happen hopefully Edinburgh have an off day and Ulster turn it on um they've had their two 
the two warm-ups, there'll be no excuses after this match if they put in another really disappointing performance. Looking at the other game over the weekend, a disappointing defeat for Connacht. Two very silly red cards, but if you look at the first 10-15 minutes, Munster were in charge, weren't they? They were always going to win that game. Yeah, like my, 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 my two cents on it were, you know, Connacht had done really well, but, you know, and, and this is just, a, 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 I suppose, a warning sign for Munster with the week ahead that, um, you know, Ulster, uh, you know, when you look back at it now, Connacht did really well, but Ulster made a lot of mistakes in that Connacht game. You know what I mean? And when Munster look back in the game, I hope they look back and, and, and look at it properly in, 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 you know, in, in very kind of, you know, uh, zero and one terms of like, you know, okay, two red cards, you know, we were able to go down to 14 men at the end of the game, even just the rest of fella. Um, you know, yes, it was, it was a strong performance and, and particularly in, in, in particular areas, which is great to see and we'll get into that. But like, let's not take, get too carried away about where we are right now. Um, and, and what the challenge is, you know, down the road. I don't care. Like, I mean, I don't care if it's five days. I don't care if it's four days. I don't care if it's six days. I mean, they've got a huge challenge regardless of the time between games. That just seems to be a theme that people are trying to throw out pretty quickly uh, after yeah, the game. Yeah. Did you see enough from uh, Munster, Stephen, over the weekend to, to beat Leinster? It was probably the previous week that I've seen a little bit more. Um, I think, you know, Johan Van Graan, Clap uh, more or less applauding his team scoring a couple of nice tries against a 13-man um, exhausted Connacht team that there was a raft of changes from the week before. Mm. I think they'd probably take a lot more out of the Leinster game than at the weekend there. I think when they had quick ball, they did look dangerous and everybody's saying, oh yeah, Munster's able to play a bit more of a wider game. And um, But that just doesn't happen because you're throwing it wide really yeah. quickly you have to yeah. they're winning the collisions and they had 56% possession against Leinster in, in that game um, mm. they control the, the, for me they're probably the better team lost it's just Leinster was so clinical and yeah. they took every opportunity like they always do and they probably will again at the weekend but Munster showed a lot of determination they could easily have went out the gate at half time especially if, uh, if Leinster had went towards their power game um, and they, they stuck in there and it's just that's monster for you like Jimmy and I have played against them yeah. time. they'll never throw the trial in you can be sure and of that there's so, a lot of like, like and, and I think when they do their analysis they'll obviously be looking back at that Leinster game and like you said Fez there's a lot of opportunity there for that monster team um, and particularly with the addition I know we were talking about um you know, the injuries that Munster got in that game. But, like, Ty Byrne and what he showed coming back into that second row, I thought he was absolutely class. Um, showed a lot of aggression, a lot of skill, and showed us what he's all about. I think that's really going to feed into it. Cause so, you've got him, um, you've got CJ, you've got Pete. They're going to be a nuisance at the breakdown. You've got Farrell, Delande. You know, these, like, they're putting together a really strong side. And then also their, their, their power plays are, like, you know, their set play particularly um, off line out in, in, on both sides of the ball, in defence and attack, is a real threat to Leinster. Um, so if Munster are able to build on that, give them the platform, use that kicking game that they deployed so well, um, they're going to cause Leinster a lot of problems. And then, like Fez like said, you know, if, they, if they use their big runners and, and, and use them to condense and, and, and cut the defensive line of Leinster, that's what they did in, that, in, in the previous game. They'll, they will cause problems and they got the back three to do it. But you, in order to like, like come back to this point, in order to, to go around teams or beat them on the edge, you've got to earn that right by going through them first. And they've got the players now to do it. They've just got to do it a little bit more and, and, and do it kind of like, what's the word I'm looking for? They've, they've got to judge the game really well. Not do it all the time. They've got to mix it up, but, but they've definitely got to lean on that strength that they have. Looking at that, f- that five-day turnaround again, I mean, both of you have been to World Cups, you've been on Lions tours where you might have two, three, four games kind of condensed. Like, if you're on that one side of the draw and you're, you're, you're Leinster and you've got basically, you know, you play, you, you've got round one, you've got a week off, basically, because no one, no one that played the weekend is going to play this weekend that played the first weekend. So you've got a full week off, you've got an extra day to recover, and then you've got Munster who played the same team basically for three weeks in a row. And they're banging, and they've got the, sh- the shorter turnaround. Like, it does that make a big difference? To, to, with Stephen, 
Do you know, would, would that affect you going forward? Oh, it would totally affect me. Yeah, I was. <laughs> Any <laughs> game affects fans for folks' sake. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have trained all week, like. <laughs> um, Fez had the Sean O'Brien contract where he only had to turn up on captain's run day. That was it, and play the day after. Not like I was, the only, on, I was only under decky kidney now. <laughs> um, yeah, it certainly would have affected me for sure. Um, I think recovery is such a huge thing. Everybody was talking about how attritional that Leinster Munster game was there a couple of weeks ago. Um, Leinster, as you said there, Jason, they're going to change a raft of changes once again. Um, he looked absolutely busted when he was handing, I think it was Andrew Conway, the man of the match in the first game. I can't remember who it was. And he was just talking about, like, he wasn't sure if it was, you know, really attritional and that it was fast and physical or it was because it was the first game back after lockdown. He just wasn't sure. But I can assure you, like a five-day turnaround, them boys will be breathing very, very hard. And again, you don't have the atmosphere to kind of bring you home that last 15 or 20 minutes, the adrenaline of a home crowd or you know, traveling support getting right behind you. So it's definitely like, again, all the odds and stats are stacked against Munster. Um, with the, the, the fresh faces of Leinster, there's only one team I'm certainly going to back anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if, we, we, if, if the five days is a big factor, if, I, if I'm honest. Um, look, well, technically it's 12 because there's an extra week there as well. But, yeah, <laughs> okay. But like, I, just, I just don't think, like, uh, like look, they're, they're pros. They, they, they should know how to take care of themselves and, and flip it. Yeah, look, Leinster have made a lot raft of changes and all sorts of different things. Um, and look, that's what they built and, and that's a great resource to have. Um, but this is knockout footy and, and Munster haven't had silverware for a long, long time. So if they can't get their head right for this and get themselves in the right space of mind for it, they've got bigger problems. Now, I think they will, 100%, I think they will. Um, and I think they'll be up first because Leinster will have a target on their back Munster love a target on the back of Leinster's back. Um, and no better kind of guys than, you know, we, we've touched on, you know, Tyburn, CJ, Pete, three guys to, to really make uh, a statement in terms of, you know, leading the charge and, and beating Leinster in the Aviva Stadium um, and knocking them out. Do you think, Jimmy, do you think, Jimmy, though, like, if from, from a Leo Cullen or Lancaster's, um, take on things. This is almost a statement that they can certainly make here. Yeah. They oh, yeah. Out, they go out and give give Monster a beating here and say, look, we're going on beating through this season. We're played our first team here. Um, you know, I, I think there's, I think, yeah, I totally agree with you that the Monster lads, you know, there's something there for them to go after Leinster. But at the same time, I think Leinster are aren't going to go into the game. Um, you know, without, I, I think Leinster and Munster, both teams will have exactly the same mindset and focus. I don't think Munster, just because Leinster have a target, on, you know, that big target on their back, that they're going to up it an extra 10%. Yeah, like I agree with you. Like, I mean, and, and, and you know, knowing the guys and talking to people like Stuart and, and, and different players, there is such internal competition to get on a starting team now they wrote they like people are talking about they're rotating because they that they're rotating on purpose to create that competition reward players for for playing and training good and giving them the opportunity that creates that internal competition that no one is safe you know what i mean and and when you create that like it's a struggle to get on the team yourself and they make statements and and, and you know they have players like a dev toner on the bench against munster you know what i mean um, they give Ryan Baird a shot. Um, you know, they ha- they don't even know. We there, there's chat that James Ryan could be coming back. There's chat that Dan Levy could be coming back. Um, it just adds to these headaches. Um, you know, yeah. Th- th- there's another. They're they're almost having a different kind of mind game going on over here um, for themselves. Uh, but you're you're they're right. They they'll want to look. It's it's Lancer Monster like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, but there's that's that's always enough. Anyway, it was. It was does that does that annoy you as a play, as a player, guys? I mean, if you're in that Leinster setup now at the moment, I know it says it drives you on because there's guys besides driving on, but you're not want to play every game. You know, and go. No, I'm I'm the number eight. I'm the number seven. I'm the six. That's it. But you don't want to go. There's five of you there. You know what I mean? You for a couple of reasons. One of the biggest reasons you don't want to give the other guy a go. Um. 
You know what I mean? You 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 want to keep playing. You want to keep getting momentum. Um, but I think I think at this stage, guys are kind of bought bought into the bigger picture, um, and 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 the bigger picture of what whatever organization you're part of, what what that organization is trying to do over mm-hmm. the over a long term. You know. But you got to remember, like you're not going to play for Ireland. You're not going to go on a line store if you're third choice back row for Ulster, or if you're third choice back row for Leinster. You got to yeah, be number one. I think that's why Leinster have been so successful. It's because Jimmy Jimmy sits there and he says, "Oh, I wanted to play every single week because I didn't want to give the jersey to somebody else." Like Marcel could see it is on Ulster's team sheet every single week. When I was playing, I never ever felt that if I missed three or four games that I wouldn't get back in there. Like you know, if, if I if I played well for a game, it almost felt like like Rory Best. You know, you just look at Leinster. Every single position, like it's it's not just four or five positions. Every single position, and I think that's ultimately what's leading to a lot of their success is because they can't underperform. If they underperform, and somebody else is straight in, like yeah. at the minute, um, the, the sub Booker jersey for Ulster, like it's went back and forth, back and forth ten times between Andrew and McBurney. Nobody's taken their opportunity. The number six. Jersey for Ulster. One week it's Matty Ray. One week it's Timoney. Next week it's Reedy. Like it's nobody's kneeling down anything. So we come to Leinster. Like those boys are freaking playing like they're kneeling down their jersey every single week. <laughs> and uh, like yeah, I, I, I probably think you know why have Leinster got so much success over the recent years? I think a lot of that Jimmy's got to come down to that. What, what you just said there. Well, uh, yeah. Again, like yeah, th- th- that's what they. The organization is trying to do over the last 15 20 years that's what they've tried to build you know and and, and look we're very look they're very lucky that they have the academy system and they're they're, they're physically picking from a, a bigger pool of players right but the flip side of that point jason is i th- i still think you're you're going to potentially start getting players moving a lot more within the different clubs you're seeing it already because they do as they kind of grow in the game both as kind of like as a player and as a person and and what they want to their goals change what they want to achieve change uh, they 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 kind of start hitting caps and you get certain type players and, and fez i know you've seen these guys as well where they're just happy to be there they're happy to be along for the ride and then you get guys who have more uh, a little bit more ambition and and want to be the starter all the time and they want to go abroad and 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 or they don't necessarily want to go abroad, but that's why they, they they move to another club for that reason. They can stay in Ireland or they can move abroad and, and it can be maybe more financially beneficial for them. Um, yeah. Because, but do we want to look down in, in, in five years' time and it's already going that way? Do we want to look in five or ten years' time and there's ten players, ten Lenzo players in the Ulster team, ten in Connacht, ten in Munster? Because the, the numbers are getting to that now. If you look at the other three provinces, how many former Lenzo guys that are there, it's phenomenal. So should we be worried that the other three academies clearly aren't doing what Leinster are doing and stop just applauding Leinster and start worrying about the other academies? Look, I, look we, we don't know what's going on in those setups. So uh, like, mm-hmm. I, I can't talk to their setups, right? But um, it's definitely like, if you look at it from a financial point of view, it's definitely a better way of keeping players in Ireland and developing the players um, in Ireland as opposed to, uh, going like trying to bring people in the whole time, but it is good always, and and I've always thought this. It's great to have like players from from different backgrounds, uh, different clubs come in because it's a different perspective. It challenges mm. your standards, your point of view, the way you did things, and um, so so it's a real real blend. But um, you know, I used to be worried about it diluting down, um, you know, like coming from Leinster, playing for Leinster, coming from Munster, playing for Munster, coming from Connacht and, and also playing for those and, and diluting down that value. But I, I don't think it does because, you know, people, regardless of the, the club that they're playing for, I think they want to really be proud of, of the job that they do and, and the people that they represent. So, you know, I, I've actually kind of come a, a full 360 on that. And, and I think, look, it, the more players get to move around, the more opportunities for players to play and, and, longer view will be more competition there is for for international spots and the better Ireland will do and hopefully we'll get to that semi-final spot at some stage Fez. <laughs> I know I know I think Jason 10 years ago 
it would have been completely different. Yeah. Like me growing up playing for Ulster, all I wanted to do was play for Ulster. I didn't want to play for anybody else or anything. Like if you ask me now, if I was still playing rugby and Leinster wanted to sign me, would I go and play for Leinster? For sure. No problem. Uh, of course, we would have gone play for Munster. No problem. Would have gone play for Saracens. Absolutely. But maybe not even 10 years ago, maybe 15, 20 years ago. Like, I think the game has come on so much. Yeah. And it's more, as Jimmy knows, and, and I certainly know, it's becoming more business orientated as it's been on and on. And a lot of decisions now by players are business decisions because, like, the likes of Jack McGrath and um, Jordy Murphy, they can come up with the Ulster, earn a really good salary. Um, you know, I know they're not getting their sportsman's tax relief, but they're certainly getting compensated for that in their salaries up here. I'm sure they are. So, like, they can come up here and make a really good living and still give themselves that chance of playing international rugby. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. you know, it, it, it's, it certainly makes sense. And if I wasn't in the Ulster team and Leinster wanted to sign me, like, yeah. of course, me and O'Brien fouls, we get the band back together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean, guys, that like, we're looking at in, in 10 years' time, like there'll be no, well, there'll obviously be the odd kid, but there won't be these guys growing up anymore going, I want to play for that Ulster jersey because I'm born and bred in Ulster. I want to play for Munster because I'm born and bred. Are we, are we going to look at in five years' time, it's going to be like the Ulster Cowboys, the Munster Kings? Do you know what I mean? Where it's not about where you're from, they just happen to be based in Ulster, they happen to be based in Ulster, that's a globe. I, I don't think, no. I, I, st- do we, I still do we lose think that? We're, yeah. we're, we're so tribal that I, yeah. I still think you'll have so much pride from the fans in, in yeah, of course. in a Leinster, in an Ulster, in a Connacht, I don't think that's going to take away from, from, from that down the line. Um, but I do think, to, you know, to Fez's point, I think, Look, it, players are realizing more and more and more. There's a finite time here uh, in terms of, of capturing their value. Now, the flip side of that is that clubs could come at it from a different perspective and, and actually look and help and develop the player, you know, more than just, you know, financially um, rewarding them, you know. And we yeah. touched on that before, Jason, in terms of yeah. uh, sabbaticals and, and time off and. Uh, allowing lads going abroad, whatever you know. There's different ways and means of of uh, rewarding or incentivizing or developing um, developing the, the person more than just the player to really incentivize them to stay in the club. Righto. So there was the national poetry championships were taking place, and uh, there was two finalists. There was a, a bloke from University of New South Wales, and there was a country bumpkin from out west. So they had 20 seconds to come up with a poem about Timbuktu. Up first, the university student. Oh, he's recording. (coughs) And he goes, On the lonely desert sands, crossed a lonely caravan. Men on camels, two by two. Destination, Timbuktu. And the crowd went wild. Are you a beauty? That's bloody fantastic. 20 seconds. And then Country Bumpkin's turn, steps up to the plate. And he goes, Tim and I, off hunting went found three girls in a pop-up tent. They were three and we were two, so I bucked one and Tim bucked two. Next up, we hear from Leinster's Stuart Lancaster and Caelan Doris and Munster's Graham Roundtree and Damien Dalende as they look ahead to this weekend's Pro 14 semi-final. Stuart, some big selection decisions to make this weekend. Yeah, yeah no, across the board really. You know, it was a really uh, pleasing performance against Ulster. You know, we uh, obviously got the win against Munster, but then I felt we improved um, up a different team. So obviously that makes it uh, very challenging selection-wise, particularly with um, a semi-final coming around the corner of this this Friday, so, but we've talked about it for a while. You know, we've talked about the need for the squad to be connected and to get together. And um, you know, there's only going to be 23. They'll get the opportunity this Friday, but we've got other games coming around the corner. Hopefully, you know, we've got a we've got a big monster. There's there's a game, you know, a, a final to play in. Um, there's a there's a European um, Cup quarter final. Hopefully, a semi final. You know, so but it's. 
it's very much about the next game and uh, we've got to get the selection right for this game in particular because there's such a quality opposition and there will be no final unless we um, we deliver on Friday night um, and we we certainly respect the opposition we're playing against. I think they've actually probably benefited from playing the same team twice um, and I think even though they've got a short turnaround I think they'll be for moments on, on Friday. Just on that five-day turnaround short, um, how big a role do you think that will play this weekend? Well, I think, I think in some ways, um, you know, it can work both ways. You know, that sort of, um, you know, playing three games in a short space of time with the same group of players, in some ways that can actually um, not help, but it certainly, it, 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 it can it can get cohesion, you can get confidence by doing that. So we've been seeing players out, you know, there's no doubt that um, they'll rest and recover well. Um, they managed to get the bench on quite early in the second half, which obviously helped. Um, but, you know, these lads, uh, a lot of the, the Munster lads, you know, they've been to World Cups, they've been in big games where they've had short turnarounds in the past. They'll manage themselves well. And I know the coaching team well enough to know that they'll have their team ready for Friday night. Um, and, you know, we're expecting an absolute, uh, absolute battle. Caelan, what's it like to finally be back playing after so many months off? Yeah, it's great to be back, absolutely. I think everyone was buzzing for it uh, going into Munster two weeks ago. It's strange, straight back into the thick of things. Um, I'm into pro against Munster. Usually you have sort of a few pre-season friendlies and then into the league games, but straight into an pro is a little bit different. Um, that sort of added to the excitement. Um, it was obviously a long break, so everyone was ready to go at that stage. Looking at the back row battle at the moment, Caelan, in Ireland, you're going to be coming up against Peter Romani this weekend again and CJ Sander and then you've got internal competition from guys like Jack Conan and Dan Levy coming back in. Does that does that excite you or, or is it a bit nerve-wracking? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely exciting. Um, I think you play rugby to challenge yourself and you want to be coming up against quality players and I'm playing with quality players as well. Um, so it's definitely going to be exciting and with the breakdown being so important at the minute, um, it's going to be extra important for the backgrounds. Graham, any fresh injury worries and how are the Munster lads looking physically ahead of this weekend's game with such a short turnaround? We're in great condition. There's no further injury updates, uh, no fresh injuries. Uh, they're in good nick. They're in good nick. We've put a bank of training in this summer, uh, mindful of this, the programme that we're coming back into. No, the lads, they've recovered well. Uh, we'll have a run out this afternoon, off tomorrow, then again on Thursday. But from what I've seen, and the data backs it up, they're, they're in good shape. Looking back on Sunday's win over Connacht, Graham, what positives did you see uh, personally? Heaps of positives. Heaps of positives. We're playing, we're attacking, we're challenging teams. Uh, we're sticking to the plan. You know, we're a plan of how we want to play. Um, obviously, we're helped by two red cards. Um, but no, plenty of positives without giving the game away. And, you know... You're going to ask me about a short turnaround. It's irrelevant, really, because we're much harder now. You know, we've played two two good games and we're ready Friday night for another one. We've recovered well and we're battle ready for this game. Damien, how have the last couple of weeks been now that you've got a couple of games with Munster under your belt? I would say pretty pretty decent. Um, obviously, that first game against Lenzo was quite tough, um, especially on the body. Um, Been out for... Well, not being out for so long, but having not played uh, uh, for so long, I think to come up against Leinster, world-class team, probably the number one team or number two team in the whole world um, at club level, um, was quite a challenge. So, yeah, it was a good test for us um, as a team going forward. Obviously, we had a, a quite a few new guys coming in as well. Um, they'd got a run. Um, so, yeah, I think we held up quite well in that first game and I think last week was uh, a bit better in terms of the result we got. Um, but it was also very good for for, for the semi-finals. Uh, Connacht were very physical on the field and they brought a lot of energy and um, it felt like we needed a, almost a tough game like that before before semi-final um, lead, leading up to this Friday night. Yourself and Chris Farrell had an excellent battle with Gary Ringrose and Robbie Enjoy a couple of weeks back. Are you looking forward to coming up against say, two Irish internationals again this weekend? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, they're both world-class centres. Um, both have been very good um, on the international level as well. So, um, like I said, Lenzo were very good. Um, they put in some nice kicks in behind us as well. They had very nice skills. So we know that uh, we can't get caught at the Braytown. 
Um, sometimes you are committing too many guys, uh, especially uh, on our defensive line. So, um, you know, if you commit too many guys and we're short uh, on on defense, uh, they'll they'll exploit us very easily. Um, and they did so uh, in that first game. So we need to be quite aware of that. Um, they're also very physical and very fast, both have very good feet. And um, we're going to have to be switched on at all cylinders to to try and tame them as much as we can on Friday night. Damien, is Friday semi-final the reason you came to Munster to come over here and, and to win trophies? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, like for me personally, I think uh, no matter where I play, I always strive to, to win tournaments, championships. So um, I signed for Munster because I feel that they have the credentials and, and, and the coaching staff and the players and the heart. Um, from what I've watched on TV, obviously I've only played two games here, but um, I feel... They have that team environment that they actually want to achieve, where you could go to another squad that have uh, all the all the names and all the stars in their team, but it's like they don't want uh, that success, um, or they're not maybe not wanted is the right word, but they're not working for that success. Where I feel just playing these past two games now, even before the two games, um, there's a real energy and there's a real want and a desire, not just to get to semi-final or finals to actually win uh, semi-finals and finals um, and not just once or twice consistently and not just uh, in the Pro 14 but uh, in the Champions Cup as well. Um, so yeah, Friday night's going to be a very tough encounter but um, hopefully we'll pitch up, you know, it's a short turnaround but uh, we know it's just a mental thing. Um, we haven't played a lot of rugby over the past six months. Um, so they're all going to be a bit of sore bodies, I think, still on Thursday night. But I think if we get the right mindset um, uh, and we pitch up on Friday night, um, knowing that we've got one opportunity and um, forgetting about uh, everything else in the past and not even worrying about the final, but just staying in that moment for 80 minutes and hopefully um, we can walk off with big smiles on our faces on Friday night. Have you developed a quick understanding of the Munster and rivalry, Damien? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's quite personal. Uh, for me, it's it's uh, very similar to um, when I played at the Stormers and we played against the Bulls. It's it's like a North South derby. It's it's very personal. It's very physical. Um, it gets quite intense on the field, even though you have a massive amount of respect for each other. Um, even though obviously I'm not Irish, but we know that the Irish guys are competing for spots uh, to play for Ireland, so um, they'll go all out in that game, but it's still that mutual respect they have for each other on the pitch and off the pitch. So um, I've, I probably need to play a few more, um, like the other guys have, but uh, I certainly do understand the way they see it, and um, it's very encouraging, and it makes me want to help them beat them as well, which is quite nice. Guys, listen, we talk about making them pay. The job is only half done. This is a big 10 15 minutes now. Front five, let's take them to the edges of the pants. We have to make them pay enough. We show them straight away where we are emotionally, passion wise, intensity from the first minute. Filthy drives around the pitch now. I can play for you all day. Straight, you got So drives around the pitch, okay? Come on, boys. Next up, back to Jamie and Stephen as we look ahead to the Champions Cup quarterfinals in a couple of weeks' time. Right, so guys, uh, looking ahead another few weeks' time to the two quarterfinals. No, let's not get too ahead of ourselves, but yeah. in, uh, do you, do, do, Stephen, do you think Ulster have any chance of beating Toulouse with the way they're playing at the moment? Um, not with the way they're playing at the moment, but like we don't really know what the French teams are going to turn up um, in the next few weeks, but... Uh, yeah, like again, if Ulster if Ulster end up getting getting beaten this weekend, the three losses out of three, you got to get yourself up in a few weeks' time for um, a huge quarterfinal. Again, no travel and support. Um, there might be another couple of injuries picked up. You know, these long-term injuries, none of them coming back here for this quarterfinal. So, uh, yeah, for me personally. I think that they don't have the pack to compete with to, to lose. Um, these tight games, these quarterfinals are one lost up front, and it doesn't matter if Stockdale's crashing up the middle and giving you 10, 15 yards every time. 
we've got to win the scrums. We've got to like our, our line out success this season has been has been very poor. And when the pressure generally comes on, it actually goes the other way, where the better teams seem to rise to the occasion. So for me, yeah, I, I think Toulouse are, are obviously one of the favourites for the competition. Mm. Um, their UAA flair rugby is brilliant on the eye, um, but they also have the power. They also have the, the massive athletes in their squad. And they also have a huge squad to choose from. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be extremely tough for Ulster to go away to Toulouse. Jamie, Leinster and Saracens. Saracens are going around at the moment. They're smashing absolutely everyone in the Premiership. They've yeah. got nothing to play for, nothing to worry about. They could very, very easily come out and beat Leinster in that quarterfinal. Oh, here, like this, this is, this is to, like, this is going to be a belter of a game. Um, like they absolutely put to the sword London Irish. Um, like they, you know, I've been lucky to cover a couple of games of of, of Saracens over the over the years and. They're just so controlled and, and actually in a, in, a, in, a, in a really weird way, very similar to Leinster in terms of if they get ahead, they're so hard to pull back because they're actually quite efficient um, in terms of how they play and where they play the game. And then once they get ahead, they play this pressure game, forcing you to play. And once you make a mistake, they're so good at, pu- at punishing you and exposing your mistake, um, especially with the, with the players that they have throughout. You know they've got they've got such a huge and mobile pack that can play like backs, are offloading for fun as well. Play with this very unstructured um, way, which which makes a lot of sense to me. When now that I've 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 known Stuart over the years, I can see the the the, the seeds that he sowed, let's say, with those players over the years and and coming into fruition. Um, like Leinster are going to have to be a whole lot better than they have been. Um, particularly in Europe, actually, to to really put it to Saracens, I think, because Saracens are looking really, really dangerous. Now, I will caveat that I just think, you know, the, the Premiership, the, 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 there's, there, there's a couple of teams in the Premiership that are just heads and shoulders above everyone else there in terms of how they're playing, the way they're playing, and the squad that they have to play with that it's hard for teams. They've got to pick and choose who they're going up against. You know, when they see Saracens, they're like, oh, Jesus, you know. It's got to make a massive difference, the fact that they already know they're relegated. They're not going to be in Europe next year. Imagine, like, if you were in in that team, if you were in that Saracens team, you looked around, you saw the guys next year, and you're like, okay, lads, we're going down, sinking ship. This is our last chance. We're playing against Leinster. We can we can literally throw the finger up at everyone and win the European Cup before oh, we go down. A hundred, a hundred percent. They're giving two fingers to everyone and going like, you know, and, and whatever. We won't get into um, or, or well, you can if you want, but the thoughts and feelings around that. But like, they are they like they're going to go. This is the last time this group is going to play together. We're going to make a point because they're they're all about um, making memories. I think is one of their themes, isn't it, Fez? I can't, I think that's the the, the yeah, phrase. Well, one of and, the one of one hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the wolf pack. Wolf pack want to make some more memories, and I'm sure this is one of the ones that they want to do, and they want to make a point, and um, before they get kind of broken up and and guys go wherever they go, or, um, and and what a better way to do it than 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 beat Lancer. And Lancer will be fully aware of that, and they'll, they'll be they'll be gearing to go. Um, either way, it's going to be. It's going to be a tight affair. If, if either of you to pick a winner now, who's going to win the Heineken Cup so it, or the, whatever the Champions Cup? We'll start with you, yeah, Stephen. Well, who's, who's going to win it? Well, me, I'm so excited to see this Leinster Saracens game because everybody I speak to is talking about how crap the Pro 14 is. Like everybody's going, oh, yeah, yeah. Gallagher Premiership. You know, you have to such a dog fight every single week. You know, these yeah, matches yeah. just come thick and fast. And I'm like, I think they're like, like, don't get me wrong, there's four or five teams in the Pro 14 that would be in the relegation battle every single year in the Gallagher Premiership. But I think Leinster, Munster, Ulster, Connacht at certain times, Glasgow, Edinburgh would give... Like, Ulster beat Bath home and away last year in the Champions Cup, and people are telling me that Bath would, would smack Ulster at the minute. And I'm like, guys, it's all relative. So I'm just so excited to see the cream of the crop of the Pro 14 take on for me... That, I know they're bottom of the league for whatever reasons. They're going the cream of the crop 
in the Gallagher Premiership and see who comes out on top. And it's going to be even more of a level playing field because there's going to be no fans. Even more of a level playing field, you just see everything, hear everything. And I just think that it's going to make for an epic battle. And one that I feel that Leinster are going to come out on top of just because they've got this invincibility thing about them at the minute. Say it, Stephen. Don't say it. <laughs> Wait, here, say it out loud. In terms, of, in terms of the Pro 14, like, I know the Pro 14 has gotten a bad rap over the years, but like, time and time again, you've had, you know, a Munster, a Leinster, and, you know, an Ulster in the mix come knockouts. That's not the argument they make. They kind of give out because it's more so. It's, it's mainly Ireland they give out of because of the way Ireland manages their players and puts them into Europe. But like, they yeah, don't but look, at, look at the Saras the last couple of weeks. Like, it hasn't been the same players. Look at the um, London Irish team, the Bath team, the two different teams. Sweeping changes, week. yeah. Completely sweeping changes. Mm. Like, in, and then all I hear from people that have played in the Gallagher Premiership or coached in the Gallagher Premiership is, such a tough league you have to back up every five or six days it's crazy I'm like lads like you know but the other thing as well Fez they go on about like oh there's always um, oh we have to do uh, relegation battles and stuff like that and then once the conversation comes up about okay why don't you ring fence it so you can develop players and you know you can rotate your squads straight away they shut down that conversation you're like okay you, you know you, you can't have it both ways, guys, here. You know, you, if you want to develop your players and be able to rotate squads and not worry about relegation battles and be able to bring on young talent maybe at the end of the year when your season and you're not really playing for anything, you know, then you got to take that serious. And I think it's, I think what the Pro 14 done is, I, I think it's, it's a great thing. I think they should, if they can, add more teams to it. I know they thought about South African, more South African more teams. South African teams, yeah. yeah. I, I think it would be better. Like, I think we, Class, you know, be like American football. Just franchise, you know, put them in each divisions and let the divisions play off and just naturally have a competition that way. Like, like the way they're doing it with the conferences. Is that going to entice guys to play? Like, I mean, if, if Ulster picked up the phone to you, uh, Stephen, and asked you to come out and play a game and it was against the Kings, you'd be like, come on now. But if someone asked you to play the Stormers over in South Africa, you'd be like, oh, well, <laughs> on a second now. <laughs> You've piqued my attention. Do you know what I mean? Is yeah. that going to, what that could do for, 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 for the league? Yeah, like... I think obviously there's, there seems to be a lot of money that's going to come the Pro 14's way, hopefully over, over the next season or two. Uh, lots of investment. But I just don't know, like, where are you going to fit all these games in? I know Jamie's got a valid point there with putting them into different conferences so that you're not just playing you know, the other 15 teams in the 16, uh, 16 yeah. division league. And that's completely fair enough. But um, as a fan, I would want to see Ulster, like if Leinster weren't in Ulster's conference or division, like the fans would be raging because yeah, you'd be you want to see Ulster play against Leinster, like, and you'd have to maybe wait to quarterfinal or semifinal to see that, or you might not make it or blah, blah, blah. So I think, uh, yeah, there's pros and cons, isn't there, for, for, for everything. Um, I, I think that I would like to see a couple other teams in the Pro 14. I really like the way Benetton have come on leaps and bounds but then you look at Zebra and they're, they're really struggling the Kings are really struggling so do you like make conscious decisions to like you know get rid of teams that's probably not the right way to do it you make you know to bring in better teams to make the league better but then you're having an impact on Italian rugby you're having an impact on the lower clubs in South African rugby so it's an absolute minefield and um, thank goodness I'm not the one that has to make those decisions <laughs> it's immediately too because if you want to grow the game um, you, you like so, so one of the biggest revenues obviously is, is TV and sponsorship money and, and, and to grow that you've got to have a bigger audience to watch it so okay how do you expand that like into new markets and you know, South African market is a big market for rugby and uh, you could Italy Central Europe um, these are di different areas. I mean, you see what the Super... Now, Super Rugby kind of probably went a bit too quick and too varied. They were playing, like, on three different continents or four, depending and on what you... teams there at one stage. Like, and yeah, that's it, was, it was madness, crazy. you know what I mean? Um, and I'm just, like, you know, as well as that, I, I don't think the conference way is probably the way to go. Uh, how you build that out, I don't know. Um, because I, I don't think it's beneficial to add more games I think it's no. better to add the quality or the variety of teams that are playing um, 
because I because you know what I mean because because you're having like international rugby is trying to squeeze more games in and talk about this global league and then you have you know your the you know European rugby will probably stick their hand up and go oh well, yeah. we think we should add more nothing games. can be done until that world that world calendar comes in because everything at the moment is such a mess you don't yeah. know if New Zealand are doing their own competition or if they're going to be with Australia you have the top fourteen in Premiership are okay the Pro fourteen doesn't know who's going to be in the league next year I mean is that a massive problem with rugby that's that's been there for so long that there's too many there's too many voices. I, I do think, I, I don't know about you, Fez, and I'd love to hear your point on this. I, I much prefer the flow of Southern Hemisphere rugby, where it, it kind of goes, you know, they, they start the league in what, January, February, they kind of play the league, go to internationals, go to the knockouts, or go to, go to the, the, the championship, go to the knockouts, and then it's into a tour kind of thing. Um, you know, there's a bit more of a flow as opposed to, you start Pro 14, you go to Europe, you have November internationals, you come back to Pro 14, you've got Europe, you know what I mean? Oh, it's Six Nations, and then you've got a couple more Pro 14s, and then knockouts. It's, it's all a bit... Yeah, yeah, I get you, I get you, I get you. Look, guys, we leave it there. Uh, Jamie, thanks a million for coming on. Steve, thanks a million for coming on too. Um, that's it for episode three. Thanks for tuning in. We um, look forward to welcoming you back again next week as I said before at the start of the show please be sure to give us a like subscribe and all that and uh, stay safe guys be good